Hello and welcome to the brand new monthly series from an Irishman abroad, our recommendations podcast, The Selection Box. What you're about to hear is a half an hour or so snippet of our first monthly episode. If you'd like to hear the full thing with every recommendation and receive a newsletter with all those recommendations in one place, there's only one place to go. That's patreon.com forward slash Irishman abroad for a very small price you can get access to hundreds of our back catalogue episodes including two extra episodes each week one with Sonia Sullivan and the Irishman running abroad coaching you to your best times and Marion McKeown every Friday with the Irishman in America this is of course our fourth spin-off series and we'll return to uh, interviews next Sunday but once a month we're going to do this and give you the recommendations that'll help you avoid having to troll through all the content that's out there come over and join us there's never been a better time to head over to patreon.com forward slash irishman abroad joining me to kick things off today film and tv is what we're looking at to start with are two lads who you'll probably know uh, they are all about watching stuff entertainment editors at Lovin. .ie and joe.ie Rory Cashin and Nordy Owen Doherty lads it's great to have you here Charlotte it's wonderful to be here yeah that's I what a great time to talk about stuff since we can't go out and do anything <laughs> tell me this do you either of you because it's your job do you do you associate with that level of anxiety that I'm talking about or the main reason that this podcast exists Yes, I'm constantly anxious all the time. Um, and I hope that all the stuff out there is kind of going to help me detach from some of that. Uh, and it does. But I just this week had one of those moments uh, that you described earlier on where you're sitting on the sofa and, uh, you know, when you're actually arguing with yourself and you wake up and it's like 3 a.m. and you've actually chosen nothing uh, <laughs> and time just passes by like one of those little montages of the clock on the wall. But no, um, I think I think we've put together a nice little selection here that people will hopefully, they may have heard of some of the stuff, but they may not have bothered to mm. actually check it out yet or had the time to check it out. But we're here to say it's actually go dip your toe and it's actually OK. Because that's half the thing, Rory, is that we're forever being inundated with shows that are saying, here's what's coming up, a new thing that's being released. When in fact, I feel like we need to say, stop it. Stop making stuff and let us work our way through what's out there. Because there's a ton of stuff I feel like I've missed or I've made a note of on my phone and it's disappeared. I don't know if you remember the uh, Simpsons episode where they visit the Monstro Mart and its slogan is where shopping is a baffling ordeal. That's what I I feel like, that the scrolling through Netflix and Prime is the new going to the video store and not returning with anything, just becoming overwhelmed. Your job is to sift through stuff, Rory. Is it become easier or harder? I think easier because there's so many more different platforms to get them all on. But again, like you can be kind of drowning in the actual mm. choice because the then you end up with the opposite problem where instead of not being able to find anything good, you're inundated with potentially great things. And you're like, uh, mm. which one do I watch first? Uh, and I have become like the official go-to WhatsApp person for my entire extended family and friends who message me at all hours of the day going, what's good that's on now? 
Wow. which is vague. Is there any and, greater uh, compliment, though? Is there any greater compliment? And hopefully that'll be the experience of our listeners, that you can become the go to person and that just that feeling of recommending something and somebody coming back to you and going, remember that thing you told me to watch? Class. That's what we're aiming for here for our listeners. I want to start before we get to movies, because I'm going to throw in my own recommendation here on something that a thing took place this morning just before we came on air where I went into my local boots and like, lads, this is a this is maybe the most traumatic thing I've ever been involved in. I'm in there masked up with my wife, Tina, and we're just picking up the very essentials and getting the hell out of there as quick as possible. That's how shopping's done now. And Mm -hmm. we are at the escalator that leads to the second floor where all the eye and ear stuff is. And we look up and there's a brief moment where you just are rabbit in headlights. And we see an elderly lady laying backwards on the escalator while her daughter is splayed elf style in full splits, screaming, stop the escalator. And it's just like pandemonium. I had an absolute brief moment of, oh, fuck, what do I do? And then I just kind of ran. Now, this is a story of Jarlath heroism, but I did run Good man. and well done. managed to have at one point each lady in a hand. So I had I was supporting the elderly lady with one hand and her daughter with the other. Now, Tina tells me that I was also in full splits at the time, which explains why at the end of all of this, both make it out fine. Couple of cuts and bruises. I have completely fucked up my back in the process. Uh, so I am looking for recommendations from you listeners. If you have <laughs> any idea what I can do to fix this Irishman Abroad podcast at gmail.com. That's for you out there listening. I honestly don't know what to do with the pain that I'm in. Ironic that at the end of all of that, drama that I'm the one that came off worse in the whole situation. I don't know. I think the lesson to be learned is just let them fall next time. I feel like that's yeah, who... Yeah, leave you... them be. That's, that's, that's a very Rory <laughs> Cash answer. Leave well enough alone. That's, that's, that's it. You were in the right place though for painkiller. Did you say you were in Boots? Boots, yeah, yeah. Literally every, every painkiller under the sun. So I'm surprised True you didn't enough. stock up if you were there. <laughs> True enough. Well, uh, Salpadine is your only man. I, but I just feel like this is a... This is like a sciatica pain. I don't know what the fuck. And our, our listeners know that I'm on this challenge at the moment to run 2000 kilometers in the space of one year to support our chosen charity partner, Jigsaw.ie. That challenge is in jeopardy right now. But I'll obviously be talking to Sonia O'Sullivan about this on Irishman running abroad on Tuesday if it hasn't eased up by then. But we're here today to talk about the stuff, the too much stuff and the sifting through of the stuff. I'll let you go first, Owen. What do you recommend people watch? Is it something they have missed or is it something new? Okay, so the first thing that I was having a look at and it's kind of, it's it's been sitting there right in front of us since the, the 1980s, but it passed me by for years and it's actually, uh, it's available on Netflix now at the moment. And again, obviously, not everybody will have access to every streaming platform. 
and so, you know but depending on what you have we're obviously going to try and mix up the recommendations so that some mm. people will have access to, to as many as they can but this is actually the films of and I hope my I don't know how your Japanese is but uh, this is the, the films of Studio Ghibli and I had a look on YouTube this morning just to, to get the correct way to pronounce Ghibli do either of you speak Spanish or <laughs> do, do, do you speak Spanish that's a different question for si. do you speak Japanese no Studio no. Ghibli okay, so I mean, as our first recommendation, this one is pretty off the reservation, or am I just missing this? Is this something that everybody knows about? Well, Studio Ghibli is the name of this incredibly famous animation studio based out of Japan, and Ghibli is G-H-I-B-L-I, but obviously I'm pronouncing it as if you'd be like, lovely Ghibli. Lovely Ghibli, lovely Ghibli. (laughs) Um, It was basically, in a really kind of probably crass-based way, it's... Japan's kind of uh, version of Walt Disney. Hayao Miyazaki is the guy that set it up back in the 80s and they've produced these amazing films over the years. But just, I think it was like, it's hard to, you know, to understand the concept of time now, but I think it was last year Netflix added about 20, 21 different Studio Ghibli films to their back catalogue. So they're available in the kids section and also in the main Netflix section as well. And I, some people may have seen, you may have heard of things like uh, Spirited Away. It won an Oscar back in the early noughties. Mm, yeah. Wilds Moving Castle. So there are definitely some that have a bigger reputation. But this is the place. If you do have time and you have attempted a, a rescue that's gone horribly wrong in an escalator in your local boots, <laughs> the Studio Ghibli back catalogue. I'm going to give you three gateway films to get started on, Charlotte. Before and they're not you long. do that, before you do that, like, yeah. are we, when you say this is their Disney, like when I pull up the images here, it looks very, very kind of manga-y in style. There's a couple of terrifying images of kind of Grim Reaper type yeah, characters. A lot of, uh, a lot I mean, of fear. The, the eye test, uh, when people pull this up, they're probably going to be like, oh, this looks a little bit Pokemon-y. Should they push through that? 100%. It's obviously this is pre-Pokemon and there's probably like a massive influence there from the Studio Ghibli animators, including Miyazaki, because he's actually the writer and the director of, of loads of the films that they produced as well. But if you Google, if you're pulling up images there, why don't you Google Totoro, which is T-O-T-O-R-O. Kind of their, again, to use a horrible comparison, you know, a really base, basic comparison. He's the studio mascot, so he, he's their Mickey Mouse. And oh, he's, very cute. Probably. he's very cute. He's very cute, cute altogether. Very cuddly. And he just roars, basically. Uh, but the three films that I was going to give a quick, if you are looking to just kind of test the water, hmm. uh, My Neighbor Totoro is the first one, which is just a magical piece of storytelling uh, and of course stars big cuddly Totoro there as well the other one is Ponyo which is basically their version of The Little Mermaid and it, you know all of these are dubbed into uh, with English uh, speaking voices that was as well that going to be so my next question to... how is that yeah. dubbing is it uh, well, cartoon like um, Bruce Lee movies of old or is, is that going to no. be annoying at all it's not well. I haven't found it annoying so far, anyway, in my kind of dig through the the films. But Ponyo, for example, their their version of uh, the Little Mermaid and that story has an unbelievable cast, and it's got the voice talents of Liam Neeson, really? Tina Fey, Matt Damon, and Kate Blanchett. So oh, that's a good cool. question. If anybody asks you what film the four of those guys were in together, it's Ponyo. Oh, this sounds Studio great. Ghibli. I mean, Owen, 
this honestly, I am going to be a skeptic when you guys come to me with stuff. But this is this is something I've never heard of. I doubt a lot of our listeners will have heard of. And it's suitable for all the family. So Studio 100%. Ghibli, lovely Ghibli. That's the way to remember it. And exactly. uh, get yourself into My Neighbor to- Toro. And those are the two, yeah. My neighbor Totoro and Ponyo, which is his P O N Y O. And I'll and link everything in the info. Yeah, everything is a bit bonkers in them, but it's just they're the most magical, brilliant, fantastical stories. So well worth a look. Okay, over to you, Rory. Top that. Ooh, uh, well, I'm going to the very uh, opposite end of the genre scale, and I think with you, Jarlis, it's something that I, it's a genre I know you enjoy. It's the Invisible Man. Okay. Um, which was released in cinemas maybe 45 seconds before all cinemas were closed yeah. earlier this year. And to date, I think it's still my favorite movie of 2020. Um, it's definitely my favorite horror movie of 2020. But a little bit of backstory. The Universal have their, their rights to all of the famous monsters like the, the Mummy and Wolfman and Dracula. And they tried to make a big action movie out of The Mummy with Tom Cruise, and it it tanked massively. So they decided to go much, much smaller and made The Invisible Man with Jason Blum, who is a horror aficionado. He's the guy who uh, was Oscar-nominated for Get Out, and he did the reboot of Halloween recently, and he's behind Insidious and Paranormal Activity, so he knows his horror movies. And they got Elizabeth Moss in, uh, the amazing actress from The Handmaid's Tale. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they pinned it all together on this kind of very topical current story about gaslighting uh, and domestic abuse because she escapes her abusive genius boyfriend. Um, and then she's told he's committed suicide, but she's convinced that he's found a way to fake his death and to continue tormenting her. Uh, in a way that no one else can <laughs> see. Shit. This really is the other end of the spectrum it's from yeah, uh, Ponyo, the Little Mermaid. <laughs> this is this was this. <laughs> a budget of seven million. I'm reading here, and a box office of 134 million, which is insane considering what you're telling me, which is that this movie came out just before lockdown. Uh, how have I not really heard about this? I think it's because of. The lockdown. I think it came out in February and it was like right at the peak of when everyone started freaking out and then the cinemas were closed in March. I think if the cinemas had been kept open longer, it would have made even more money. More people would have got to see it. But it's just been added this week to Now TV so you can stream it at home. Okay, um, Now and TV. I, I recommend it hugely. It is genuinely, uh, at the moment anyway, still my favourite movie right, of well, the year. Let me ask you this then, Rory, before we go back over to Owen. How scary are we talking? Because honestly, I am sure other listeners have this experience. I have a pretty high threshold. I will. I enjoy it. Like, I love that feeling of, oh, fuck, oh, fuck, oh, fuck. (laughs) I love it so much. Yet, I will be abused by Tina for introducing this into her life. She's like, why would you, why would you do this? I don't get you. Sometimes I feel like I don't know you. These are all sentences that get said to me when I occasionally go, will we watch this scary movie? And then I'll have to turn it off and put on, uh, you know, Van Wilder party liaison and we're all friends again. Uh, Am I going to get in trouble for showing this to my wife? 
I think because of the like the it's got a higher IQ than most horror movies. I think because of that, um, she'll definitely appreciate it more. Hmm. It's not just horror just for the sake of being scary. Like it's definitely got a story behind it. I don't think anyone's going to be super traumatized because when you come right down to it, it is about potentially a man who has found a way to turn himself invisible. So no one's going to, it's not like a day to day fear that we have. Yeah. Well, but, for yourself. you're right. You're right. You got me there. But uh, yeah, like I think it is a very enjoyable thriller. Mm. It's definitely got some jumps and it's, it can be very, very tense at times. Um, and but gore, it's very well gore out of 10. Gore. Uh, not. No, I wouldn't say no. No, okay, it's not I mean, particularly. Gory. There's one or two kills in it, but it's not a. It's not massively gory. It is more about the build-up because a lot of the scenes is just Elizabeth Moss on camera, on her own, and you're scanning, looking to see if the Invisible Man is going to move something beside her to give you a hint that he's there. So that's that's kind okay. of the tone it's going for. Great shout! You can also get it on Prime if you want to pay the nine ninety nine. Of course, uh, there's various different ways to get these things if you're not a Now TV uh, person. But uh, over to you again, Owen. Now for your second recommendation, I think we've got we've got family and scary covered. What's number two for you? Perfect. Well, just for what it's worth on The Invisible Man and again, hearing what you were saying about Tina, Jarlath, it feels like I'm a Tina here as well because <laughs> I'm atrocious when it comes to horror. But The Invisible Man was the last film I saw in the cinema and I survived. So I think you'll be OK and your marriage will be OK as a result. <laughs> Fingers crossed anyway. Um, I'll let you second- know next week. <laughs> yeah, please. <laughs> Come on, dude. Crying. Um, yeah, so the second one that I'm going for is a way more recent release. Uh, it's just been out on Netflix the last few weeks. It's called called The Queen's Gambit. So you may have seen uh, a number of people, which basically sounds like if the Queen in England, I don't know, like kind of like some kind of X-Men mutant power, but she's actually, it's nothing to do with the monarchy. It's nothing to do with the crown. None of that there. It's a seven episode mini series uh, available to watch all of it now on Netflix. And it's probably the sexiest show that you're ever going to see about chess. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know, like how up to date you are on any of your chess shows but um, do either of you play chess yes you I do love, love chess uh, myself and Mikey absolutely adore chess several chess sets on the go at all times in our house is a chess interest uh, a help in this I don't th- I don't think it actually it's not going to make or break it for you because they never go into too much detail about the kind of the complexities of the chess game. And if you're like me and you've got an incredibly basic knowledge of chess, um, you know, it doesn't lose you uh, in any way. But the premise of it, it's set back in the 50s, 60s. It's about a young girl who was uh, an orphan and she becomes this uh, incredible chess prodigy. Um, her name is Beth and she's played by. Anya Taylor-Joy and Anya Taylor-Joy is just an incredible young actress anyway so she kind of carries the entire series along but with a brilliant support and cast around it but um, as I said it's fun it's entertaining it's sexy it's based on a book from the early 80s and the book was originally described as just sheer entertainment and you can basically just use that description for the the show as well and again in terms of the people who are behind the show, the guy who created it and is writing it and directing it, he also wrote Out of Sight, which is about sexy cops. 
uh, Minority Report, which is about sexy sci-fi, <laughs> and uh, Logan, which is about more sexy mutants as well. So it's all, you've got really good calibre of people and support and cast as well. Now when you, um, well, well how's, what are we talking about here? Like when you say sexy, is this like, is this a kind of, I don't know, a throwback to these kind of, you know, sexy movies that used to come out in the 80s. Like, what do you mean sexy? Do you mean it's just a beautifully shot thing? Or is this a series that's going to be awkward to show to your mom and dad over Christmas? It's definitely, definitely not going to be awkward in any way whatsoever. It's sexy in terms of, yes, it is beautifully shot, brilliantly written. And it's kind of, you're watching this kind of Anya Taylor-Joy. Like, as I said, she just carries this entire show and it's about her kind of discovering who she is and her identity with the people around her as well as i was saying there uh the supporting cast is they're not massively well known but they're all incredibly impressive in their roles there is one guy though thomas Brody sangster who some people uh you'll probably recognize him as young sam in love actually he's the little mm. boy who plays the drums liam neeson's son so he's <laughs> god love the poor lad he's attempting to be an adult in this because he's obviously much older now but he does look about 12 uh, <laughs> at the same time as well there's also one interesting thing which is it kind of it deals with her drug addiction and booze addiction as well but it's that old cliche of like an irish audience kind of watching it i think she has two or three beers in one scene and her friends are like <laughs> You've had too much. You're, a, you know, you've got a serious issue here, and you're kind of watching it going, "Uh oh!" As you stand up to go to the toilet and walk through the the, the clinking glasses, <laughs> you're on the bottom of your strewn across the living room. Yeah. I, I, it sounds it sounds great just on that basis. You haven't given much away. That tells me that it, you know, you're trying. There are spoilers here uh, very easily. Yeah, well, it's not it's not based on a, a true story or anything, but but it's actually there's conflict in it, but not an overly kind of damaging amount at the moment because obviously people are looking for something that's a little bit more comfortable and and, uh, and less anxious but uh, yeah no it's 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 just as I said it's a really relaxing entertaining beautiful watch uh, great storyline keeps moving along and they do genuinely make the chess games incredibly gripping for people who wouldn't be into uh, chess in any way whatsoever so okay. no, well Queen. worth the watch and only seven episodes so you're not uh, dedicating your entire life to it so it's all good Brilliant Queen's Gambit on Netflix that's that recommendation and I do want to get to Wild Mountain Time before we get out of here boys but we're going to have one mm. more recommendation from uh, Rory before we do that before we get into that juicy trailer that everybody's <laughs> talking about Rory what's your your second and final recommendation here well i think it's fitting that we go from uh, a netflix show that is absolutely not about the royal family to a netflix show that absolutely is about the royal family so uh season four of the crown is launching on netflix this sunday have either of you watched any of the previous seasons of the crown mm-hmm. yeah absolutely not uh, i am <laughs> completely i'm like i really it's one of those things I've spent a lot of my life averse to hype and many times that has backfired in my face and I've found myself catching up on Breaking Bad years later. But I just feel like this show has been so overhyped that I just kind of let it slip by. Surely I can't now jump on board at Series 4, can I? So here's the thing. I haven't seen any of the previous seasons either. Uh, It came across to me like Downton Abbey but like with no jokes or any sense of fun so I was like 
No, I'm good. I don't care what the Queen did in 1930. I don't care. So uh, I just never got into it before. But I think because the show was catching up on real time and it's events that I have a very vague memory of happening when I was much younger. So season four is like focusing on Margaret Thatcher, who's played by Gillian Anderson and Princess Diana and Prince Charles. Uh, so it's 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 much closer to modern day. And I think that's why my interest was a bit more peaked. Cool. Plus, I, I'm just a massive fan of Gillian Anderson anyway. So I'll just watch literally anything that she's in. So have you seen um, this? Have you have you got an I advanced have. preview screening I, of this? I have. I have. With, with all your contacts. Yes, me and myself and Netflix were really good. (laughs) So do they send, tell me this, Rory, do they send this to you? Because I'd imagine that that is kind of hot property and that there's rules about getting to see that early. Uh, Do they just send you a link or do you get, do you have a special Netflix account? They make it accessible just to me. (laughs) <laughs> in the world I'm phrasing it's like just uh, specific journalists that they can okay. make preview content available to and then they'll have embargo dates saying you can't talk about it until whatever thankfully we're beyond that embargo date for, for this especially since it's coming out so soon Right. but yeah like I, I hadn't seen any of the previous uh, seasons of The Crown and I still thought this was great Julian Anderson completely steals it she's really great in the role of Margaret Thatcher and Olivia Colman who uh, I love anyway because she won the Oscar recently for The Favourite is the queen in this again and she's fantastic too it's just a, a really great cast it looks really lush and expensive uh, like the period detail is fantastic uh, and anyone with any kind of Again, if you have a living memory of these events happening, it does give you a, to be fair, fictionalized look at behind the scenes. Mm. But it is still that kind of nice, juicy drama that we all love to took into. OK, I will give it a whirl. We'll come back and we'll have a quick go through these things next time when we return to this show, to the selection box, because I'd imagine that there's going to be people that are like, I don't like that. I didn't. I wasn't into Studio Ghibli, Invisible Man. I made it 10 what? seconds in. Queen's Gambit. Queen's Gambit sounds really amazing. And so does The Crown. But, you know, there's going to be a difference of opinion on these things. So it'll be fun to come back next time on the show to talk about them. But one thing that we can't deny is that the greatest mm-hmm. movie of 2020 mm-hmm. is about to drop. I don't know about you guys, but... While Meant Time has classic written all over it for me. I don't I don't go along with all of the <laughs> the absolute hate and bile that's been spewed all over this. I'm like, this is going to be one of those movies that people watch in film societies every year on a certain date. Would you agree? Yes, I'm so excited. Like I like all the bashing that has been done out there. I just know it's it's a cover. Everybody is excited about this and nobody is not going to watch this. Um, <laughs> I know like like the other evening, whenever the trailer initially kind of appeared and uh, I think I, I came into it about like an hour, an hour and a half later. And uh, I kind of just logged on to Twitter and I was like, OK, let's see what everyone's talking about. And it was everyone that completely <laughs> lost their mind. And I was like, I have to watch this. And it's even better than you could have possibly imagined. I'm sure everyone's seen it a number of times now. But for context, obviously, uh, Emily Blunt, Jamie Dornan, Christopher Walk and John Hamm are starring in a brand new, uh, what appears to be an adaptation of, uh, of an Irish-American play uh, that ran on Broadway uh, a few years back. And it's called Wild Mountain Time. And obviously the main talking points are the 
that potentially there's time travel involved um, because it appears to be set in multiple eras. Um, and then also, obviously, the Irish accents and uh, and people's best attempts or worst attempts at those as well. But no, I have to say, I've I've watched it numerous times since first seeing it and I, I love it. You're more on board. I, R- Rory, yeah. why then? What is it? Like, I kind of can't... Uh, I am enjoying the tweets and the memes but like I'm like, why is this making people so angry? The only thing that I could think uh, would make me angry is if I was a uh, Irish female actress, or uh, you know, there's so many great Irish actresses to choose from. And as much as I love Emily Blunt, and Tina will tell you, I am slightly obsessed with Emily Blunt. Why, why not use uh, an Irish actress? Is it just a case that they won't get bums on seats? Gosh, like I think outside of Saoirse, who I can't imagine wanting to do this film because she's already done a better version of this film and it was called Brooklyn Mm. and it didn't involve time travel, it just was set in the past Um, I can't think I just, I'm so fascinated, you know, I like, I know it's not real, but because the true crime book is written so believably it's really clever, pure thriller That was very much my thing in a band you committed to these people mm. and, and you you know you all moved on together so for him to abandon his two mates i couldn't get my head around it so i couldn't really listen to the style council with with open ears i think people think that i'm against technology or something whenever i mention digital minimalism but i'm trying to explain to people that no i mean this is my entire life i i need the digital world but i don't need it to use me So there you have it. That's a little taste of The Selection Box, our brand new podcast from an Irishman abroad. If you'd like to hear the rest, Tom Dunn's music recommendations, Ethna Shorthall on books, and of course, Una Ming-Kavna with brilliant recommendations on tech, there's only one place to go, patreon.com forward slash irishmanabroad and gain access to absolutely everything we've done and everything we do going forward. My My thanks to Tina and Mikey for making this possible to Brian Connolly for his production and John Marr for his extra research. Please check out our chosen charity partner Jigsaw.ie and maybe kick in a fiver this week. They could do with your help in providing these essential services and help to young people in Ireland who are suffering during this pandemic. Come on over and join us though. Become a member at patreon.com forward slash Irishman abroad. There really has never been a better time to do it.